Hey, this is Brett Karstens. I'm the Haunted Medium, and you are listening to Bigfoot Club Podcast. Hey, guys. Please go to our website at www.bigfootclubpodcast.com. Check out our merch and all episodes. Also, please look for our social media at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Bigfoot Club One. That's Bigfoot Club number one. Also, check out Matt Knapp's Bigfoot Crossroads on YouTube. Hey, everybody. Robert Jesse Dominguez, Bigfoot Club, Season 4, Episode 7. I'm here with Steven. Steven, say what's up. What's up? Damn, I feel like I'm telling you what to do. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> say what's, up. what's um, up. It's been a while since we did his last show. I think the last show we did was on uh february 27th mm. so um it's been a while i just wanted to say really quick um recently we we got past thirty four thousand downloads so i'm pretty happy with that uh, please i want to tell everybody please go to our website www.bigfootclubpodcast.com check out all our old episodes Check out our merch. Check out our bios. Please go there and support us. So yeah, what, what Robert said. <laughs> so um, how are you doing, man? I'm good. Yeah. It's been it's been a good week, um, work wise, and you know, therapy. Not therapy, but I'm already past therapy already. So everything's been going good. Um, one thing I wanted to say, and I didn't. We didn't talk about this off show. The trailer for Obi Wan Kenobi. Yes. That yes. just came out. And I know like <laughs> like in the past I've always sent you stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there was not an Obi Wan Kenobi trailer, it was like a fan made stuff. Yeah. And I used to always send it to you and you just go, It's not real Yeah. <laughs> it would uh Yeah. Robert would find these fan made trailers and I'm anybody that knows me, I'm I'm I am not a fan of fan-made trailers. I think I think it's it's. I'm gonna be honest. It's, it's dumb. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's just some people out there that see it like, oh my god, this looks so good. It's just <laughs> borrowed scenes from different movies. <laughs> I love it when you do, like everybody else's voice. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! This is gonna be so good. Yeah. So, no, it was good seeing an actual trailer for the actual show mm-hmm. with actual music and actual production of them putting uh, it together, and, and it, just, it was great. I'm, I'm excited for what, that. What I really loved about it is that they, they, I know if Juan was here, he'd probably say, I don't care about the music, but they used the uh, Dual Fates music. The church music? Yeah, the, yeah the, the whole church music. Yeah. To uh, to like like to begin off the the trailer, mm. and I don't know if you caught it like toward the end. And I know I'm really getting into music here. Toward the end, whenever they were like, you know, that there was you know, hope survives, and they were doing the music. It's the scene where Anakin had just finished killing off um, the 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 rest of the the rest of the group, and he's like he's sitting there contemplating what he did and he's like he's got his his hood on and he's kind of like has a teardrop and that music right there is how they ended this this trailer mm-hmm. so almost almost kind of like giving you uh, a preview on what's to come mm-hmm. uh on the show so yeah um why do you think they played dual fate so you think, you think Darth Maul <laughs> might come back well you know he's probably gonna fight you know uh Anakin again so 
Yeah, but Duel of Fates is what we know. Well, we don't know Obi Wan, but young Obi Wan of him mm-hmm. taking down uh, a Sith apprentice, mm-hmm. Darth Maul, like twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So, so people who know, you know, the Phantom Menace and then Dave Filoni when they do uh, Rebels and stuff, you know, he fights him again. So it's spoiler right there, but yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, they're probably gonna do that. So I'm pretty pretty excited about that. But um, they're gonna get Ray Park or Sam. Uh, is it Sam Witwer? The the guy that does the voice. Yeah, he does the voice, and he's also the he plays uh, the clone or the young apprentice for Darth Vader and the Force Unleashed. Mm-hmm. So I thought that's the uh, video game or the, the video okay. game. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Little little backstory there. Little backstory. <laughs> so you want to tell the the people, the peeps, why we might sound a little different. Yeah, we're doing uh, the show today on on uh, my H two N Zoom uh, microphone. This is a uh, this is the microphone I purchased a while back uh, as a backup to the Rodecaster Pro, and like I wanted to use it. Number one, I wanted to use it in the field to do Bigfoot stuff because what the H two N Zoom is, it's an omnidirectional mic, so it picks up everything. All around, all, I mean, I probably heard that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it picks up everything. So uh, it's good for, you know, paranormal investigations. It's good for being in the field and getting audio for uh, Bigfoot calls or screams or tree knocks or whatever, whatever that you want to do. But it's mainly used for, like, interviews and conferences and also to uh, record music. Like, if you're at a concert and you want to, uh, I guess the artist wants to record their music uh, like you know, like a acoustic style or like live concert style. So this is what they would use, like a small time independent group to record uh, the music and stuff. So, so we sound if we sound a little weird, that's the reason why we're doing the H two N Zoom, because uh, I want down the road I want to go to a Bigfoot conference or a comic book conference or a paranormal conference and just go and interview people and just talk, uh, just talk to people about their stories and their experiences and stuff. So. Yep. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> are, you, uh, are you okay? Yes. I'm okay. Fine. Um, so yeah, you're gonna hear us drinking our Coke Zero. You're gonna hear me, probably belch, belching. I yeah. Guess. Um, yeah, it picks up everything. So yeah, like, it literally picks up everything. Like it'll it'll pick me up, typing right there. I'm typing. So. Mm-hmm. And this is me touching the table. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you you like do it with such with such care. Because. This table helps us with our food. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, I guess we're gonna talk about what we're what we're gonna talk. Yeah, about. I'm pretty excited about this one. I've I personally have never investigated this area, even though it's in uh, like close to the uh, Metroplex here in uh, Dallas. Uh, no, a lot of people don't. I mean, we don't advertise it all the time. That we live in uh, North North Texas, uh, Dallas Fort Worth area. And this uh, this uh, this hotel is like right on the other side of Fort Worth, uh, the Baker Hotel. In Mineral Wells. Mineral Wells. So, um, I've never you know personally investigated it, but I would you know I would love to go do that because I think right now they're doing like renovations right now, but I don't know if they're letting people do investigations. So if I'm wrong on that, please like email us at bigfootclub1 at gmail.com to do any kind of corrections and stuff like that to let us know that 
if they're doing, if they're allowing investigations, because right now I, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't say on the internet or uh, their website that they're allowing investigations, but um, but I do want to talk about this place. I've, I've place I've always wanted to go. It's it's on my bucket list to do paranormal stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't know. So you want to jump right into it? Yeah. Um... Okay. We'll talk about the history a little bit, and then we'll we'll converse about it, and just we'll. I think I think you should probably talk about the the city, yeah. What what it what its origin is because I when you told me this I didn't know anything about it and I was like wow that's actually uh that's pretty that's pretty eerie yeah and weird, um, but yeah Robert take it away. In 1877, James Alvis Lynch, his family and 50 head of livestock uh, left Denison, Texas. And we're headed west to, to go to a drier climate and to, and to relieve from a malaria. Both uh, James Lynch and his wife, Amanda, suffered from rheumatism. When, when the family received news of Comanche attacks further west, they decided to settle where they were in the valley uh, tucked in the hills of Palo Pinto County, which is, you know, mineral wells. Mm-hmm. So, All through the location, the Lynch family settled in a beautiful and four miles from a water source, which is the Brazos River. By the summer of 1880, a well driller agreed to drill a well in exchange for some of Lynch's livestock. At first, taste of the water worried the family, so they watered the livestock with it. Soon after, the family began to drink from the well, and they found they were feeling better. News of the healing water spread quickly, and neighbors began to drink from the well. Within months, hundreds of strangers were arriving to the Lynch property inquiring about the water. So, um, you know, the Baker Hotel is, uh, that's how, that's how they pushed, they, they pushed the Baker Hotel was like, uh, the mineral, the mineral springs were like healing properties or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, with the popularity of the water spreading to the town, mineral wells was formed and formed in the fall of 1881. And with Mr. Lynch himself, Naming himself the the first mayor, I didn't know that. So that's it was kind of it was kind of strange how they they were they wanted to go west and they eventually had to settle because there was too many and like the Texas Comanches that people don't know the Texas Comanches, they were they were pretty ruthless man. Mm-hmm. They were a ruthless bunch, and they they killed any and everybody. So so they kind of settled down as like a fate just to you know land there. And then they drill for water, and end up the water end up being like healing property, or at least they thought it was healing properties. Mm-hmm. So, several of the water wells were drilled soon after the mineral wells were was established. With the most famous at the time being Crazy Well, I had never heard of that one as well. So, no pun intended there. So, Crazy Well. <laughs> Uh, the well received the name from a story told about an elderly lady who drank from the water. From the crazy well twice a day overcame her mental illness in mineral wells most of the water water wells contain a significant amount of lithium i did not know that Lit, uh, is it good or bad lithium is what they use for like mental health patients for mm-hmm. uh, um which is used in treatment for various mental and mood disorders in the early 1900s stories of mineral wells Healing waters brought visitors from around the world, and shortly after, bathhouses, drinking pavilions began to open. The, the trains that, that brought the visitors also helped 
help mineral wells companies distribute their water products of mineral wells during the Great Depression. Mineral wells companies suffered due to the luxurious nature of the product and traveling costs. However, the Baker Hotel flourished, drawing its guests from the local and notable throughout the bleak years. That's that's wild. Wild. <clears throat> Uh, it says, in 1929, the Baker Hotel opened its doors in Mineral Wells. It was a beautiful 14-floor hotel with 450 rooms. The Baker Hotel used the mineral water to attract its many famous tenants. Some of these celebrities included Bonnie and Clyde, mm-hmm. the Three Stooges, yeah. and Judy Garland. This $1.2 million hotel was open for a short amount of time due to the effects of the Great Depression and World War II. With so many people checking in and out, it makes sense that some of us, or some of its guests, seem to have never left. Hmm. Um, I'm just going to add real quick. Clark Gable. Did you say Judy Garland already? Judy, mm-hmm. Judy Garland. And President Ronald Reagan. Wow. Stayed there. So, um, that's that's awesome. Like, um, before, he, before he was yeah. president? Yeah, it was, this was in, uh, I think he was either, he was an actor then. Okay. You know. Ronald Reagan, the actor. The actor, yeah. <laughs> so That's cool. But uh, I was going to read also here. In 1926, entrepreneur T.D. Baker commences in construction of the Baker Hotel in Mineral Wells and taxes the cost of 1.2 million. In 1926, that was that was like a lot of money. That was like well, probably like a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1929, the, ba- the Baker Hotel opens two weeks after the Great Depression stock market crash. That's like bad luck, like hell, mm-hmm. and. Um, the, the hotel with its 460 rooms and two suites, two complete spas, an outdoor Olympic-sized swimming pool, and the famous cloud room uh, service as a playground for celebrities, musicians, cattle bartons. I don't know what a cattle barton is. It's weird. Political leaders, uh, reportedly, and all the people that you were talking about earlier, you know, Bonnie and Clyde and all them stuff. So I think that's cool that uh, Three Stooges went there. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to, given the fact of what they did. Yeah, the, they probably, you know, they did their own stunts. They got hurt a lot. They got I mean, hurt if, a lot. If, if you read their autobiographies and stuff like that, you know, they they did all of their own stunts and they would break ribs and break, cut. Break ribs, um, freaking cut their gums. Concussions. Concussions, uh, broken broken fingers, broken hands. Um, I think they got burned, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they a lot, yeah, it's just, uh, it was just, so it makes sense. That they're included in that, not only because of how how famous they are, but you know the what you said, like the the water is like healing factors, and they probably went there. So did they? I guess they used that for everything for bathing, mm-hmm. like bathing, drinking, drinking. Wow. So in 1952, T.D. Baker retires and leaves the hotel to his nephew Earl Baker, and he operates it until he turns 70. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1963, the Baker Hotel. Closed his doors not for very long. In 1965, a group of civic leaders reopened the hotel for for a handful of years, but a little profit leaves them little no choice to close it again. Mm-hmm. And so in 1972, the Baker, Baker Hotel closes. <clears throat> 1999, Laird A. Fairchild and Chad Patton began efforts to renovate the Baker Hotel Reimaging the the resort as the Baker and Spa, Baker Hotel and Spa, and leaves this currently in 2019. A development team announces it 
announces and begins the historical restoration of the Baker Hotel and Spa, three-year, $65 million renovation endeavors to return the grand old lady of Mineral Wells to her former glory, reigniting the hotel as, this, as the town of Mineral Wells. So that's where we are right now. They're, I think they're still re- like renovating it. Really? Uh, yeah, they're doing it right now. So um, I think prior to all that, I wanted to go there, and I think I, I'm probably I'm not really sure. I can't remember, but um, I think you have to pay to go research there, and um, that's the one they were like getting money. But uh, I wanted to go there, but I always believed in you know Pentex that we didn't pay. You don't pay to do research. We would. Because we don't we don't charge anybody for investigations, so and you shouldn't be charged to investigate. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, I get it. They're trying to make money, and you it's know. it's a hot spot, yeah. But I mean, I feel like I feel like that could be tampered with mm-hmm. if you really want to get like a show, kind of like who did that? Ghost Hunters or Ghost Adventures, where they were um, investigating the place and they found like uh, stuff stuff behind a mirror. Yeah, I think it was Jason that found it from Ghost Hunters. Mm-hmm. Was it Jason? I think it was Jason. I, I, you know, I don't, I didn't watch a lot of Ghost Hunter stuff, so. Um, um, yeah, let us know whether what episode that was on Ghost Hunters. That way we can. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I get it. Um, but it's just if they're renovating it, then that's something that we could possibly stay at. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I would pay to stay there, uh, and then. Uh, get like an overnight experience that would be interesting mm-hmm. um the hotel went bankrupt in 1932 due to the stock market crash as i said earlier uh the new owners kept it alive for a few more years and we talked about that uh in the middle and it changed hands and during world war ii became military dependence quarters 1941 1944 i did not know that um the doors reopened the hotel in 1963, 1972, and then closed again. The, ho- the hotel is occupied by spirits. Everybody knows that. It's super haunted, and it's believed that the famous ghost haunting the store is actually T.D. Baker himself. So, I read, the, I read the, and, uh, his, and, and his mistress. And his mistress, yeah. right. right. So uh, I'll let you talk about that if you want to. You want to? Yeah. Um, Baker has is said to have died in his suite, leaving him to walk the halls of his masterpiece endlessly which um, which uh, floor was that do you, do you um that floor uh floor 11 floor 11 okay. the floor i don't know why they put that on there floor really? 11 um the and it's also interesting i guess whenever they had tour guides there mm-hmm. uh, the tour guides would always knock on doors of the baker suite in order to not anger td by them entering wow i guess that would anger him so they must have had guests there already Mm-hmm. That didn't do that and got and got angry. So I wonder. Yeah. I wonder what story because I I don't I was been trying to find stories about it. And, uh, um, it I'm pretty sure I'm gonna find some in here. This is this is a a good source that I'm finding here. Uh, witness have, witnesses have claimed the entire eleventh floor smells of cigar smoke, matching the habit of the late T.D. Baker. Uh, whenever a tour enters his suite, small items often disappear from the guests' handbags or pockets. Uh, the tour guides will find them laying on the floor of the baker's room hours later when it is time to close up for the night. Uh, it looks like just Baker seems to be having fun. That's what they say. Like he's just messing with them. Yeah, um, but you know, I, I was, whenever you say stuff like that, it kind of makes me think about because I've heard stories about spirit guides that try to protect you and they don't want to. Like, say for example, 
they don't want you to leave. They'll hide your keys because they they're afraid you're gonna get into a wreck. Or you know, mm-hmm. there's a famous story of that somebody couldn't find their keys during uh, 9/11. He was late to work, and he didn't make it to to the, the like the twin towers on time, mm-hmm. and because he couldn't find his keys because his spare guy was kind of hiding his keys in uh, the first plane that hit hit the first tower, and he was supposed to be working in it. So I've heard stories of that. I don't know if this, you know. I actually, I have a story. I think I told you this. Uh, a friend of mine that I used to work at my old, old, old job. Mm-hmm. She lived in New York when that happened, and she said that she was supposed to uh, be in the North Tower mm-hmm. for an interview at that same time. Wow! And I think uh, I, I think I do remember you telling me the story. She set her alarm clock, and she said, "She goes, it's funny because I always set my alarm clock like on my phone." Like the little, the little piece of it. She was like, it was like a, they had a little alarm thing. I liked it because it was so loud. Mm-hmm. So, and so like I was saying, uh, she put it on on her actual alarm clock that was like, on like you know plugged into the wall. Mm-hmm. And she said, I guess uh, I guess the power went out. The power went out, mm-hmm. and she was late, and she still tried to make it. And whenever she said that she was in the cab. Heading down, that's whenever she heard, everybody heard the loud explosion, and she saw, and she was supposed to be, like, on one of those floors. Do you still talk to her? I, I don't. She, I, she was from Puerto Rico. She told me that, that she moved, that she left and moved. So. I, I would have left, too, so. That's, yeah. So, whenever you told me that story about, you know. Spear guides. Spear guides, kind of, kind of. Missing kinda. items. Um. But yeah, that's that's it's that's a possibility. Um, Baker also believed to have a message whom he kept on the seventh floor. Uh, it is said that she jumped from the window of the seventh floor to her death. The reason of her suicide is unknown, but her fate is as a permanent guest of the Baker the Baker Hotel is sealed. That's <laughs> a Yeah. Um, it says right. Some say the affair became too much for her. So she decided to take her own life. She has been spotted by countless pa- uh, countless patrons, and her lavender perfume is difficult to miss. So if you smell lavender perfume, especially I'm assuming you're on the seventh floor, mm-hmm. uh, you'll yeah. Um, that many visitors have spotted the spirit of the mistress. Her red hair, piercing green eyes, and lavender perfume is unmistakable. She was first seen in the 1950s by a hotel worker. Let's see. More recently, um, I don't know how recently it is, but a maid of the hotel found broken glass scattered all over a room on the seventh floor, stained with the same red lipstick her ghost has uh, seen has been seen wearing. Um, That's kind of reaching there, but yeah, um, the mistress will roam to different floors if she gets restless. Uh, tour guides will hear the sound of her high heels walking all around the first floor. She is a flirtatious ghost who will touch and poke male tourists that she fancies. Mistress Baker is by far one of the most active spirits in the hotel next to Baker himself. Wow. That's, mm-hmm. uh, so I guess you gotta, gotta appeal to her eye or, mm-hmm. or like, you have to be a, a, like a pretty boy, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I guess. Um, <laughs> or married, I guess. I guess. Um, <laughs> There's yeah, there's a lot here. Uh, I don't know if you want me to read it all, but there's some there's some interesting ones that on here that are. Just... Yeah, let's talk about the the bellhop and and the little boy. So the most gruesome spirit of the baker is the bellhop. This poor young worker was in an elevator accident in the 1950s where he was chopped in half. Mm. 
Uh, his apparition is only the top half of his body. That's man. That's sad. Um, historical records have confirmed the death of this young elevator boy, matching the description of the ghost scene haunting the hotel. There's also another young boy in who walks the halls. He passed around 1933 from leukemia while seeking treatment from the Mineral Springs. He is often accompanied by a shaggy dog. So I don't, I don't know about that. That's a little weird. Yeah, I mean that makes sense that he he was suffering from uh, cancer and he wanted the mineral mm-hmm. mineral wealth to heal his body. And but him and a dog that's, that's that is kind of weird. Um, he is one of the few spirits who have made the effort to communicate with local mediums asking for help. Uh, most of the spirits who haunt the Baker Hotel do not want to be helped. Um, one medium claimed that the Baker may that the Baker may seem like a hotel full of tortured souls, but is the exact opposite. Many of these spirits came back or stay because of the great peace and relaxation relaxation they found while staying at the Baker Hotel. So it makes me if they died, right? That's that was their heaven, or their or their nexus. Their yeah, their nexus. Um, wow, that's. He's, um, he seems to be like the only one that that wants help, and that's that's kind of sad. Yeah, I mean, it was that uh, back then, or well, even now, like leukemia, anything like that is is painful. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know about the dog though. Like, was it a dog that died there, and he just the spirit, his spirit found him? Yeah, and attached himself to. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, we can always talk about that uh, later. There's also, um, I guess in the 1990s, a local woman working at a drive through bank noticed that the windows on multiple floors of the Baker would be opened, and then later in the day, the same windows would be closed. The bank teller said she would always notice the open windows during slow times. She and a few of her co-workers started to monitor the windows, which, which ones was open, which one was closed, and what days and times. After a while, the pattern started to change. There was no rhyme or reason to the windows. No one has accompanied the hotel since 1970. The tour guides come and go during the course of the day, but never they never stay past dark. Uh, no one would have been there to close the windows at the time the bank employees witnessed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's... that. I wonder if... Because it seems like what they said that they changed it, it changed patterns. Mm-hmm. You think they noticed that they were being looked at, or they, or they noticed, or is it just it just happened to be a coincidental that you know it's just a, a change? Because what if they open, if it's a tourist there, they open the window because yeah, back then you know there's no AC. Right, it's um, kind of hot. It's so. hot, so they opened it. That that's what they needed. That's what you need to do is check the temperature. Maybe the temperature mimics of what what they were, uh, were feeling. They were feeling hot. So if it was hot, uh, during I guess during slow times they they opened the window and then as I guess it progressed through the day it closed because it was getting too cold. Yeah, but who's closing them? Who is closing them? Yeah. yeah so so um, <clears throat> it is definitely um, I'm gonna be honest and I should know because I live in Texas my whole life. I honestly thought Mineral Wells was like in the Panhandle. Yeah. So I did not know it was it was really close. I didn't know that it was it was close to us. It's fairly close. To yeah, us. it's like fifty one. I think fifty or fifty one miles west of Fort Worth, which if you really think about, it, it's really not that far. 
Yeah, Palo Pinto County is the other side of Fort Worth. Because, uh, you know, Fort Worth is Tarrant County. Palo Pinto County. Uh, I know I've gone camping um, out in Palo Pinto um, over at uh, Possum Kingdom Lake. You know where is that? Is that where it's at? Yeah. Oh shoot! <laughs> well, you know, Christ. you know the, the toadies with that that song, yeah. Possum Kingdom. Uh, but, but it was, I'm sorry, it was based on a serial killer. It was a guy that was, uh, yeah, it was, yeah. You could label him a serial killer. He was a guy that uh, I wish I knew his name. I, I'm going to look it up here in a minute. But uh, it was a guy that he would get these um, ordered brides, like Asian ordered brides, mm-hmm. and, and he would like have you know pay them to get here. And I guess if he didn't like them, he would kill them and bury their bodies at Possum Kingdom Light. Yeah, that, that's serial killer, Robert. <laughs> yeah, I, I was saying that, you know, and your so your neighbor upstairs is really loud. Yep. So hopefully, I don't know if you, if you guys can hear that, but um, we're in Steven's apartment. And his neighbor upstairs is like, I don't know if they're tap dancers or they're in a marching band. I don't know. It's I just like, keep telling myself the floor is weak, but I don't want to say that because I don't want them falling through like right now. Yeah. Because um, it's like right above us. Literally. I mean, apparently there was a lot of murders at Possum Kingdom. I'm reading a lot of it. There's, um, anyway. Let's see. As the source that I'm reading right here, it says Baker Hotel Restoration. Plans for restoration are already underway in the hope of restoring the Baker Hotel to resemble its former glory. The question is, are you going to be one of the first people to visit? Hmm. I mean... I mean, click on it see if there's a... Wait, I mean, there's like a price or something on it. So no, they don't have that set up here yet. Uh, they're just also... Why Why tease it? I know, right? If they're not going to give the information. So. Yeah, I know. But it's, it's, it's obvious that it is haunted what i want to know is if the three stooges are there you know i you know that's that's a good question i don't think any of them died there no but it looked from what i from what they're saying it looks like a lot of the spirits that did pass on that didn't pass on there it looks like they're there like it was a part of them um maybe they left something that was a part of them there and that's why they are able to travel there. Isn't that weird? If you really think about it. Yeah. Like if you were to leave something that you really valued and precious that you lost and you're like, I'm just going to move on with my life and thinking you just lost the item. But when you die, you see uh, places that you can visit because you left that certain item there. Yeah. I was looking on here to see um, if there's... There's actually underwater, like springs under the hotel. It mm-hmm. um, says here, an arch bridge connects the hotel to outdoor swimming pool. The hotel is one famous attraction to comfort, conventions, dancing, music, and healthcare. The empty underground parking lot of the Baker Hotel in the Mineral Wells is gated and locked. Once the grand property has been closed since 1972, so there was water under it and if it's if there's water under the baker hotel that explains a lot of the paranormal activity because you got water is a you know anybody knows it water is a bodies of water is a great conductor of uh emf and paranormal energies and it just harnesses it like uh 
and it just keeps it there. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, like you were saying, if, I'm pretty sure there is water. Um, the question is, is that type of water? Uh, is it more clear? Is it more powerful to help, or is it just it doesn't matter? Uh, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah, because it, um, water, water is water, water, and then, is water, and then yeah. you have the healing properties with lithium in it. Um, does that, that does that like boost it up like to so them to to give them that um, extra boost, extra boost, and to to open up windows to pick certain items from tourists and you know play with them to see a full uh, well half body apparition of a bellhop boy to smell the perfume to be poked and touched by a mistress. Um, I mean, I, that that sounds like it. it any haunted place would would have that if it, it just uh, activity. If anybody's uh, investigated the Baker Hotel, please email us at bigfootclub1 at gmail.com. Uh, we want to hear your stories uh, regarding regarding the Baker Hotel. I've always wanted to go there, but I, I you know, I've always been, like I said, I've always been busy with Pentex, and Pentex policy at the time was not, we didn't pay to do any kind of investigations anywhere. So we just didn't do that. So it's one of the, you know, it's it's on my bucket list to do, but uh, we just we don't pay. We just don't do that. So. But we will pay if we if it, you know. If they, it's like up and going, up like and going like like a hotel. Um. What do you think would be an interesting? I think if we were to do that. Mm-hmm. I think one of us would have to be with, the seventh floor. And then one of them, one of us would have to be on the eleventh floor. Yeah. To get to to get the and maybe ha- and and have walkie talkies. Okay, we're gonna have walkie talkies. have walkie talkies. Um, yeah, like that. That's just something that's interesting. Like, still, still kind of creepy. Yeah. You know, because nobody you're gonna be in a hotel. You're like, oh, this is nice, and then you, you know, something pokes you or touches you, and you smell perfume, and you're like, oh god, oh lord, oh lord, <laughs> um. You know, and then when if you're on the eleventh floor, it's what if what if you actually see T uh, uh, Mr. Baker? I know. Um, I was gonna say T Jakes. Uh, that's why I just said you know what Baker. Um, yeah, what if you what if you actually see uh, Mr. Baker himself, uh, or you you're like, man, where the heck is my phone? I know. Or where's my walkie-talkie? What the heck? Where then, where are my keys? Yeah, where are my keys? And then I'm talking to you on the walkie-talkie, and is you know Mr. Baker, like, you know, <laughs> Baker Baker one nine. <laughs> I was going to say, well, you trying to react like the scene from Ghostbusters, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's looking at me. He can hear you, Ray. He can hear you, Ray. But um, if you, you know, on your bucket list, if you were to uh, go stay at a, at a hotel, what's top on your bucket list? My, my top one? I can't think of any top hotels i mean we, we oh i can't believe i said that the shining uh, the the stanley hotel the stanley hotel yeah in, in colorado yeah i i think i would, I would that's love. that's top on my list too. yeah second is uh the cecil hotel cecil hotel i want to stay there and then the, the baker hotel is probably I, I wish they had a portal because i don't want to be in that area um but i just want to be in the building um, you want to like forego flying you, there? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, not that. It's it's the the 
being in, in that because that, that area it's like skid row like it's like it's a yeah. terrible terrible neighborhood so yeah like um I, that's definitely uh, up there because you got uh, we've talked about it before mm-hmm. on, on a different episode like what if richard uh ramirez the know, the uh, night stalker night stalker um he was he was actually staying there when uh, I think possibly uh, the most of the murders he com- he committed. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's that's interesting, but definitely um, the Stanley Hotel. Uh, that's number one on my list because even Stephen King was there. That's where he wrote like some of his stories there. Yep. Um, maybe I should, you know, my name is Stephen. Take a laptop and try to write a story there. Mm-hmm. And then I'll say. Then you say, hey, watch me. Watch me. Cool. This story. Yeah. Hey, cool. Are you going to watch me? Uh, <laughs> that looks so cool, man. You should totally type that. Will you watch me? So that's a Family Guy skit. <laughs> family Guy reference there. So, <clears throat> so this is, um, yeah, this is, uh, this is probably one of the, the episodes that I've been wanting to talk to and just never got a chance of doing it because I know I would really like to do another episode of the CISO Hotel because I think last time we did it, you know, you weren't a part of that one. No. And I think that we could probably do it justice and talk about it because, like, we could probably do a whole episode on CISO Hotel by itself mm-hmm. and do another episode on Lisa Lamb because I know that story has always intrigued me because you, you can't really tell if that one was paranormal and I, I'm by saying this, I'm not making fun of anybody that's is going through this, but she had mental, you know, illness, and mm-hmm. and she was suffering from it, and and who knows that, you know, whatever entity, because that that whole building was just full of dark energy, and um, you know, to, something could have like convinced her or mm-hmm. manipulated her. Because so. you know, not to get too into it, because we already did, but you know, she wasn't taking her med, her meds. And to be off your meds like that in mm-hmm. that mental state alone, that whatever, whatever is wrong with like mental illness like that, uh, it could open doorways probably probably in the brain where mm-hmm. you can see stuff, hear stuff, and you're already like I think she, was she schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that right, that alone is like just a doorway. I think, I think spirits can can sense that. Yeah. Um, and they'll, who knows, who knows on that. But yeah, we can definitely do an episode of, of the hotel itself and about her because is it was it paranormal? Was it a mixture of both? It's it's real yeah. sad. I mean, it's it's just a sad story because mm-hmm. there's a there's another story I was reading actually today that I didn't know about. I don't know if you heard about this one because uh, normally we don't talk about you know murders and deaths on this show. We mm-hmm. normally talk about the paranormal and Bigfoot. But, you know, if it's if it's like a mystery surrounding it, like, okay, what caused this person's death? I'm kind of intrigued by it. There was a one of, um, Caitlin Gonzalez was telling me about it today. Uh, she's my coworker, and uh, she's also moderator on Pentex. But she's telling me about a story about this guy named Joshua Maddox. Did you hear his story? Mm-hmm. It's about a, that's happened in 2008. It's about a Colorado boy that uh went hiking one day and disappeared they couldn't find his body and in 2015 uh this landowner was going to demo his his old cabin and as he was demoing it 
they he hired some guys to take down the chimney because he didn't want to take down the chimney first. So apparently, uh, jo uh, Joshua's body was inside the chimney, upside down, only with a, with a shirt on and a fetal position. And they, this kid was like, I don't know, he was pretty tall, like six foot, like 150 pounds. And he was up in a chimney. His body was mummified. His body didn't have any bullet wounds, you know, stabbings, cuts. It didn't have any drugs in his system. But he was up in the chimney. And he was he was two we it was two blocks from his parents' house, and his parents were was looking for him. They never found him, and then when they discovered his body, you know, he was mummified. It was like not de it was not decomposing at all, and so it was just it's just a sad story because uh, you don't know how he got there because like his clothes he was only wearing like a, a thermal shirt, he was naked, and his his like his shoes, socks pants and underwear was folded in the inside the cabin and somebody had drugged like a, a breakfast bar to in front of the in front of the the entrance of the chimney to block it and no one knows how he got up there because they, they just couldn't fit. they have it like an accidental uh, uh you know accident accidental death but uh, a lot of his family don't believe in that. So stuff like that, like, you know, Lisa Lamb, that stuff that always, like, intrigued me. Like, what, you know, how did he die? Why, did, you know, what state was he in? Was anybody with him? So anyway, so. That's, um, that's like almost that unsolved mystery story where that guy in Baltimore, uh, man, I, I don't remember his name, but it, his, this one always stuck with me. He, uh. He talked to his wife on the phone, mm -hmm. uh, and he was at home, and then he was like, I got to go. He ended the call abruptly and hung up, and then they never found him. He was missing, and I think they found his car like two weeks later, and it was by a hotel, uh, and I think it was, yeah, it was in Baltimore, and they couldn't find him, and then there was like an area that they had renovated in the back of the hotel, and they were all like, the security told the security guard, hey, check this, because they're going to they're going to start renovating this part right here that they've had blocked off for years. Can you go over here and just, you know, check every, you know, there's no, uh, homeless people or anything. He's like, yeah. So he right. goes and he smells like something really foul. And then he sees a body and there's a hole on top of the roof. And he, the body is like, like he's, there's pieces everywhere. Like he fell but, from a great height. Like he splattered everywhere. Mm -hmm. wow. He splattered everywhere. And, they did the DNA and they and they matched it. It was him, but mm. they were saying, "Oh, he committed suicide, jumped from the the other building." But they were saying like the building that height. Would, oh yeah, uh, I do remember the story. Yeah, and he fell through the the like whoever did it, aimed him, aimed him, or they were in a helicopter. It's like they were like he fell from like they said that the the way his body was, it said it it would not be that high for it to cause his body to splatter like that. Like it needed to be. Like higher. higher, yeah. And the weird part about it is that his wallet and his glasses were at the near the hole. Like his glasses was on top of his wallet near the hole. Like somebody put it there. Like they were just trying to rush to get out of there. You think? Maybe. And but it made it just made no sense. Like his it was his it was his glasses, his wallet, and his shoes, neatly placed by the hole. Wow. On top of the the building. And it just made no sense. That right there always stuck with me. And I, I, forgive me, I don't remember his name, 
but it's a it's a sad story too because they they still can't figure out what what happened and what led to his death because you know they brought back unsolved mysteries mm -hmm. on netflix it was like the very first episode i remember you telling me about this one I and think. It, it just bothered me because i was like like what what happened and May the 24th, 2006, the body of Ray Rivera was found mm -hmm. inside the historical Belvedere Hotel in Mount Vernon neighborhood in Baltimore, Maryland. Although the, the, the event was ruled a, a probable suicide, the Baltimore Police police Department circumstances of his death were mysterious and disputed. Like the way the way that security guard, he was crying. Yeah. He was like, he goes, I didn't know what because he stepped on something. And obviously it was it was a body part. Yeah. And he, you know, turned on his flashlight and he just saw it like red. Everywhere. And it was everywhere. Like, and he that's, looked up. That's going to stick with him forever. It, he looked up and pieces of like the body was through the, through the, that hole. And he was like, he just didn't. That's almost as disturbing as, you know, uh, what's her name from the Cecil Hotel. Like her body was in that water thing, and people were drinking. Yeah, she her body was de decomposing. decomposing, and the water was tasting bad. And they're like, "What? Why is the water coming out like this? Why is yeah. it? It's just, it's just that's something you don't recover from mentally." No. Um, so yeah, Ray Rivera. That's something that we could always bring that up some sometime because it's it, the story is actually really scary. Yeah, um, I never. I don't know if I ever told you the story, but I never. I don't think I ever told anybody on the air the story, but. I was working as a I was working as a security guard. I was a flex officer, so I was one of these guys that um, would, if someone got fired or needed vacation, I would just go fill in. I would, I would work different properties, and so if someone needed time off, I would just go work it. You're a floater. I was a floater, so <laughs> I was working this one as uh, one place in off Turtle Creek in uh, Dallas, and it was a uh, it was a, a one story building. And it was being rent. It was being renovated, and it was like it was all. They had put glass all the way around this this property, and the 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 construction group had these stacks of glass on a forklift, and I was I wasn't supposed to work that night. And I, this guy, this the supervisor called me, says, "Hey man, I need you to go work this." Like it was like eleven thirty at night, because I need you to go work this right now. I go right now. He goes, "Yeah." So I go, "Okay." I go, let me get dressed, and I, I drove, and so I drove, and I got, I get there, and it was, like, a lot of security people there, like, more than usual, you know, because usually when you go work, like, a deep night shift, you just go, and you just trade information with the guy that's there, and he goes home, and then that's pretty much it, there's nobody in the building, so when I get there, there's, there's police, there's ambulance, it was, like, three or four security cars there, uh, the company I was working for, and so, as I walked up, uh, the guard, that what I was relieving was on the he was on the side of the street sitting on the curb and it looked he looked like he was like in anguish like he was like crying and his clothes were all wrinkled and like it, it looked like he just like had lost it and I walked up and it was like it was two other supervisors were there and he walked me over to the side and he said that um, that during his shift that the construction group was doing a forklift, uh, and they were moving like the, the the panes of glass. And these were really big things of glass. They're like like ten feet high, mm -hmm. and they're probably like five feet wide, and they were like thick. And there was like as he was as the guy was moving it, 
on the forklift of uh, the stacks of glass, there was a guy guiding him the where to go. And apparently this guy was going too fast. He put on the brakes and all this glass slid off and hit the, and smashed the guy. And like he was still under the glass. Like when I got there, he was still it was still under the glass and so uh the guy the security guard saw it all. And it and it bugged him like crazy and he uh he ended up going home. I don't even think he came back. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't get to see the body. They kinda covered it up, they kinda blocked it off and they like had all the like, you know, the Dallas morgue and and uh the police and paramedics were all there and they end up uh moving the body. Mm. But um yeah. I don't I don't know if that place is haunted. I didn't I didn't go back after that either too, so did you do that shift though? Yeah, I finished the shift. Oh, I Lord. finished the shift till like seven in the morning. So they you were there to relieve the guy because he, he was he was Yeah, he couldn't work it. He couldn't work it. He, he couldn't work it. He was, witnessing that. Yeah, he saw it all. I didn't I didn't see anything, so I just saw the all the glass that was there and and they were telling me his body's still under there. And uh I go, Okay, so I just did my shift and it was, it was kind of hard to work it, knowing that there was a you know a dead person, a person who had passed you know mm-hmm. tragically, uh, probably like you know like eighty yards away. So it was kind of weird. That is weird, so. yeah. especially that you know where it's at. Yeah. You, you're, yeah. Dang. No, I don't think you ever told me that story. That's no. A, that's a little. That's a little gruesome, even even kind of traumatic to this day because yeah. you didn't really witness it. But I, I didn't witness it, and I think if I did, I, I probably wouldn't. It probably would have affected me pretty bad. So, mm-hmm. um, and I'm I'm glad I didn't. So yeah, um, hopefully that other security guard is okay. Yeah, um, he's probably not in security anymore. He's probably doing yeah. something else. So, mm-hmm. but anyway. So, what do you think about this episode so far? I love it. Yeah. It's a little, it's different than what we did. Yeah, it is. You're going to do a lot of editing, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I didn't realize how bad it was going to be until hearing. No, it's okay. That's it's what I do. I, it's what I do. No, no. Okay. That's something I say. Yeah. But, um, catchphrase. Yeah, catchphrase, catch move. Um, anything you want to bring up or? Um,. No, uh, other than the min- the Baker Hotel in Mineral Wells is uh, is definitely interesting. Um, if anybody who has, if we have any listeners that actually uh, researched it or actually investigated the uh, area, mm-hmm. like I would, I would like to hear their stories. Uh, if they have anything they would like to share, whether it be evidence or just stories, mm-hmm. that w- that would be nice because this. Honestly, like I knew about, I've heard of this hotel, but I, again, I thought this was like in the panhandle. In the panhandle, yeah. Um, and I didn't realize how how close it is, and just the fact that it, it, uh, the story behind it about the the water being a healing factor, and I love the Three Stooges. Um, I think that's like so cool that I didn't even know that they would even come to Texas. I don't know why I thought that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's just so cool. Uh, Judy Garland too. Um. Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan. Yeah, um, that's that's just cool, and hopefully they are still renovating it, and hopefully it'll it will be something. To I mean, it like the pictures that on the website look at it. I mean, it's like in bad shape, but it still looks grand. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the like the lobby and stuff. It looks really like a like you know fancy. Yeah, if they just clean it, it would it would look yeah, nice again. Just like 
just get some Fabi Loso and, and just mop. do it. Yeah, yeah. Just, just clean it. <laughs> Hire some people to clean it. Yeah, you, just get just get some Fabi Loso and, and like a loofah, and you know, there yeah, you're good. There you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, that's that's definitely cool. I'm pretty sure that whole town's probably on it too, right? I would think so. Yeah, because I mean, just the the water there, and the water and and the Comanches, and probably you know. You know what would be cool? If we actually did an investigation there and we invited the band members of the Toadies. That would be cool. You know? Yeah, that would be cool. I'd be like going like that, like, say it, say it, say it. I come from the water. <laughs> uh, that, that would be cool. Um, but yeah, no, that's all I have to, that's all I have to say about that. About that. No, actually, what I was going to say is that I'm planning on interviewing... And I don't know if you could do. I don't know if you're gonna be able to do this one, but I'm gonna yeah. interview um, Sarah with Weird Horizons podcast. She's out of the uh, UK, mm-hmm. and so if I do it, it has to be Sunday morning. Sunday morning. That's the only time she's available. So good. Uh, Sunday morning. What time? I don't know. It's like the the UK is like five hours ahead of time. So she said she has to do it. Before three o'clock, her time. So, um, shoot, that's gonna be like what, like seven in the morning? May I don't know, maybe like eight, eight or nine. Eight or nine. Yeah. I don't uh, know. I don't know if you're gonna be able to do that one. So. Well, when is it? One. Uh, April. April tenth. Uh, I will try. Blair. Blair's off, so I'll just have her get the boys and. Yeah, and then I can I can FaceTime I can FaceTime you, mm-hmm. or message you in or, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever works. Whatever works. It's it's whatever. It's whatever, man. Who's who's saying that? You're your best friend. <laughs> You're gonna say that. Yeah. No. His side hobbies include um, labeling uh, drinks and uh, putting chocolate on the door. <laughs> you know, it, like the regular viewer, we're probably gonna say, you know, that's not that bad. <laughs> that's not that bad. That's pretty good. Chocolate on the door. Uh, can you put chocolate on my door? Well, he also did put poop in another person's grill and <laughs> got our tire slashed. Okay. Well, then that's got even worse. <laughs> what? How come, oh, no. How come I'm talking like that? Like that guy from uh, Family Guy? Yeah. Yeah. I hope I, you don't, hope I don't, you don't mind. Pay in panties. Pay in panties. <laughs> um, oh, that, but, yeah, that's your best friend there. Um, yeah, we won't say his name. No, he didn't deserve the credit. So, did I say that out loud? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, you did, but it's Credenza, okay. man. Credenza. <laughs> Sell that. I saw it online. You know, you can get some money out of it. Yeah, why don't you get the money, too? <laughs> All right. Okay. So I think this this one came out pretty good. I think, yeah, like you said, I got to do a lot of editing on it. Which oh, is, yeah. Which is I, okay. I, I'm expecting to get a couple of texts saying, God dang, we, there was a lot of stuff you picked up. Yeah. Um, then you're probably going to text me, why are you breathing hard? So anyway, uh, what, what minute are we on? We're on one one minute seven seconds. Woo. So it's probably like probably gonna end up cutting like maybe cut it down to like fifty minutes. Yeah. So. It'll be a I guess it'll be a short episode. Yeah, um, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah, it's, uh, um, you think you think our number one fan will enjoy it? Uh, yeah, probably your, your cousin. Uh, Carol Briones, mm-hmm. yeah, she'll she'll enjoy it. Yeah, yeah let's let's uh, do some shout outs here. Yeah, so Carol Briones, my my cousin and uh, her husband, um, Albert Albert 
uh, Commissary Albert. <laughs> Say hello to them and, and her two little twins, uh, Maya and Angel Dominguez. They're probably listening to us too. Uh, uh, my ne- my niece and nephew, your your cousins, mm-hmm. uh, they're twins. Um, you see uh, Judge Josh Martinez out of Judge. Arizona. He's mm-hmm. probably listening to us. Um, let me see who else. Who else listens to us all the time? Um, uh, Blair's. Uh, I guess I don't want to say. I guess boss, uh, Travis. Uh-huh. Uh huh. If he's if he's listening, um, please don't put the, another wild card. When we do world early ball. Uh, thought that was I thought that was kind of mean. Yeah. He's like he's like hey Stephen you wanna wanna join us in early ball? I was like no no I'm good. I listened to your podcast. <laughs> just did, pulled it out real quick. Did he, did he really do it like that? No, he was. It just looked like he was like he was setting it up. Yeah. He knew I was gonna say no. He know because I think Blair told him he's like, yeah, he's not gonna play. He's not gonna want to play. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he's like, I think he quick draw. Yeah. Came, like you know, quick draw McGraw. But he's probably gonna love this. He's been on like two podcasts now. Yeah, I know. Two shout outs. Um, uh, Blair was telling me that Cassandra listens to the podcast too. Yeah. She listens to every podcast, dude. From what she told me, yeah. Yeah. Whenever, uh, Shout out to Blair's sister, Cassandra. Cassandra, thank you for listening. Um, she probably doesn't like all the goofiness. What? No, she probably does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's got it. Yeah. Regardless. So. Yeah. She's if she's listening to every episode, then yeah, I say we're doing something right. I'm trying to think who else listens to it. Um, you know, we need we need to shout out to to Robert Cuddy. We haven't done a. Shout out to him in a while. He's based out of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. He's a truck driver. He was probably the first guy to actually message me saying he loves the show. Shout out to Wes Anderson with uh, In the Shed with Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Terry Kegel, uh, Porch Matters podcast. Big, big, big shout out to Matt Knapp, mm-hmm. Bigfoot Crossroads. You know, Matt's going through some stuff. We want Matt to get better, and we're going to be doing some some tie-in shows. We're going to be, you know, he's going to do like a first one part, and we're going to do the second part. We're going to do one part. He's going to do the second part. So we're going to do some some tie-in pod, podcasts some with crossovers. Some crossovers. Yeah, it's a crossover special event. Yeah, it's like you know, New Fifty Two. Yeah, exactly. But anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about there, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see who else we got to do shout-outs to. Uh, Luke Gross. Um, my mentor, mm-hmm. Ken, Kenny the Marvelous Marvel. Uh, Tim. Tim Cassius Clay. I hope you're doing okay. Yeah. Um, Call us, buddy. Um, you don't know him, Logan Craft. Uh, he does uh, Beaver, Beaver Productions, I think. Um, he does like uh, he did our video. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He, he did our video, Logan Craft. We got to get Logan Craft on it. He's a He's a cool guy and yeah, he's funny. He's funny and like he loves wrestling and we owe him that much for making an awesome intro. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty good. I was, I was being a diva on it and he's like, he's being real patient with me. So it's funny. I filmed that that where he used that snippet. I filmed that at work. In did you? Room. Yeah, I did. I filmed mine in my office. You so. could, if you really pay attention, you could probably see the logo where I work at. <laughs> but uh, I'm not gonna tell you what. But if you want to, it's like a puzzle. If you want to find out, yeah. Yeah. So shout out to Logan Craft, uh, my home slice. I'm trying to think who else listens to the podcast. Any haters? Yeah. 
if there's any haters that listen, thank you for at least uh, yeah giving us giving us the or giving us the opportunity to um, at least you, you know you hear us out. And if you don't like it, then that's that's okay. I guess. Yeah, I mean I don't, I you know to be honest with you, I'm really good. With, I'm really good with criticism. You know, there's there's people that write into our YouTube uh, page or our YouTube channel, and they're really critical on that one. They're really critical on that one. So. They like one guy was telling me that you know our intro was too long, and then he was right. It was like it was like a minute and thirty second intro, so I dropped it down to like 30, 35 seconds. Oh, minute twenty nine seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so, um, and there people are really you know super critical, and and you know I'm okay, but with being you know critical on myself because you know I want to get better mm-hmm. at this uh, you know at this podcasting stuff, and I want to I want to get better, and I want to. I want to expand. You know, I love Bigfoot. I love the paranormal, but I want to expand and do other stuff and, mm-hmm. and talk to other people. And, you know, just like happening, you know, like t- I'm going to steal this from Terry Kegel. Just have a conversation. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, uh, but I. You'd be surprised how much you learn by just, com- you know, having a conversation. Yeah. And getting to know the person. And, and if you're talking about a, a certain subject, you, you expand your ideas on that, too. Yeah. Um, you know, and like I, like I was saying, we're going to be interviewing like Sarah uh, with Weird Horizons. I've been listening to her podcast this week, and uh, it's actually pretty good. Um, she's got a whole series on Hollow Earth, and it's something that I wouldn't mind be talking about. Hollow Earth, you know, the Hollow Earth theories on, um, you know, just like because like it seems really believable. People really gravitate to that story of Hollow Earth. I don't know why, but I need to look into that. You know, it's it's what's what the uh, you know King Kong Godzilla. Oh, Hollow Earth. And, so, uh, La Brea, or that show La Brea. Yeah. Where they fall into the there's an earthquake, and they fall on the earth. They magically survive uh, a thousand foot drop into a, a yeah. prehistoric time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. And it and it, ha- and it has its own sun and air. Yes. <laughs> and moon. And moon. <laughs> so, um, with with yeah with that uh, show, but I'm pretty sure her her aspect on it mm-hmm. is probably better but yeah that's interesting itself i'm just typing right now so typing in uh trinidad martinez oh okay so uh, shout out to trinidad shout out to trinidad um but i'm uh i'm pretty excited about just uh talking to sarah talking to logan we got we got to get we got to get luke back on we just got to get mm-hmm. luke and we got to get ken marvel back on uh, I mean, I want I want to tackle other paranormal stories, and I want to talk to other paranormal people. Um, you know, I, I do want to do a quick shout out to uh, Cecilia Clark. Uh, she's going through some medical stuff right now, and she's taking a break from podcasting and uh, paranormal and stuff. And um, I just want to give a really quick shout out, positive vibes to her. Uh, we're thinking about you, and we're praying for you. To get better, so um, she does. She's been on. Um, she's been on an episode with us. Uh, I've done two episodes on her podcast. She's really good people. And anytime I've had some kind of paranormal stuff in the Austin area, she's taken care of. So she's really good. Uh, I just want to give you know her a shout out and positive vibes to her. So, so um, we're gonna call it a night. Uh, good night. Yep. Good night. And good luck. Good night and goodbye. Mm-hmm.